Hope Church. Um, if we would, let's open our, our Bibles this morning to our text, which will be Ephesians 5, verses 22 through chapter 6, verse 4. Now, we were very uh, blessed to have Mr. Kevin Grasso um, preach for us and teach for us the last two uh, Sundays, which was really, I really enjoyed it. He was, um, he's got a very deep knowledge of Old Testament scripture and context, and I think dug out a lot of things that were very important. Um, all of his messages were over, both of his messages were over an hour, but they didn't seem like it because I, I was just getting so much out of it. I really enjoyed it. Mine, I'm going to try to be less than an hour today. No promises, but we'll see what we can do. Um, now, our scripture this morning, um, Chet uh, sent me a message along, you know, a while back. Hey, what Sundays are you available? This is one of them I'm available for. I saw my name put on there, and I was like, okay, this is fine. That's a good Sunday. And then, um, and then I pull up the text and read the very first uh, verse. Is verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And I was like, great. Just what I want to get up here and teach. Now, um, now I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. But uh, no, that really was my first thought. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. Um, but there's a good reason that we go through, straight through Scripture. And we've, we've said this more than once. We don't want to chop out portions of the Scripture that we don't like. We know that the Lord gave us the whole of Scripture for a good reason, to sanctify us and to live according to how He wants us to live. Now, that doesn't make every section easy. Um, That doesn't make everything to our personal preference, but this is about the Lord and not about us. So um, let's not run away from what the Lord wants to teach us this morning. Um, Let's concentrate and, and search the Scripture, and maybe the Holy Spirit will speak to us in a way um, to, uh, to make us a little bit more like Jesus this morning. That's my prayer for us this morning. Let's pray one more time before we read these verses. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you so much for your, for your goodness. We thank you so much for sending your Son. Lord, I thank you that while I was still a sinner, that you sent your Son for me. I thank you that I, my list of, of sins and debts is long. But I thank you that they were paid for on the cross by Christ. I thank you that I have a relationship with you because of what you've done for me. I thank you that you have put this church together for your glory. Lord, help us know how to treat one another. Help us to work for your kingdom and not for our own kingdoms. And we pray this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to read a few, this is a, a fairly fairly short section compared to some that we've done. So I'm going to read for us the entire text. Then we'll go back through it and talk about some of the context and, and go through it verse at a time. But let's read our text today, which again is Ephesians 5, 22 through 6, 4. I'm going to read right now out of the NIV. Uh, when we go back through, I'll be reading out of the New King James Version if you hear some difference. So verse 22, Wives, submit to your husbands... As to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, uh, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, 
but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and takes uh, and cares for it. Just as Christ the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, all of this, um, as Kevin pointed out last week, is in the context of verses 17 through 21. Even the verses following what I'm teaching today has to do with people submitting to each other in the body of Christ and how that out, what the outworkings of, light of that are um, as we are dealing with uh, other believers in the world. Uh, and so let's read uh, ver- uh, chapter 5, 17 through 21 for the context so we understand what we're talking from. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which, uh, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the first uh, real important commandment. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, melody to the Lord in your, uh, uh, to, in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we have two main ideas at play here. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a commandment. All right. Now, now we as people that are filled with the Holy Spirit as the church, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to submit to one another in the fear of God. How does that work? What does that look like? So we are, I'm supposed to submit to you. You're supposed to submit to me. I'm supposed to submit to you. You're supposed to submit to me. What, how, how, does that, how, how does that work? Who's in charge? Uh, how, how does that play out in life? Well, he goes on to explain some of this, and he goes to first to the family. Um, in Scripture, primarily in the New Testament, there are multiple verses about submission. Uh, we are supposed to submit to God. Well, that makes perfect sense, but we see James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God. We also see those in authority, which would be like your employer, uh, law enforcement, right? Uh, also government. We see that in 1 Peter 2.13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority. We also say that we're supposed to submit to elders. Uh, Hebrews 13.17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who you must give an account. And then also we're supposed to, have, we're supposed to submit to other believers that we, ha- we see here just in verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, all of these, you say we submit to somebody else, and then it's also in the fear of God or because of God. Or, uh, but the Lord's will is for us to submit one to another. So we see in Scripture that godly leadership is not ever a position of dominance. Uh, all spiritual leadership should be humble leadership. Uh, we're supposed to be looking to the good of others and submitting to, uh, to meet the spiritual needs of those around us that are in the body. Uh, so we're using this word submission. What does submission even mean? What is it? What is it not? That makes a big difference when we're looking through this passage. 
Um, it's not doing nothing. The, we have this, in English, the word submissive that we use always has like a negative connotation. Well, I'm submissive, so I don't do anything. I'm a submissive employee, so I sit here and twiddle my thumbs until I'm told to do something. And that's not what it's talking about here. Um, and it's also not purposely making yourself a yes man or doormat. That's not what submission means. I'm not supposed to walk around to every believer, uh, every other believer, and says, "What would you like me to do today?" Or I'm not supposed to walk in, you know, every small group. What, what do I need to do, sir? You know, yes, yes, sir. That's not that's not the idea. But we are supposed to submit to one another. What does that look like? The Greek word here is hupotasso, which means to place yourself under or to rank yourself under someone else. It's a military term. Uh, this is how we as believers should live. It is an intentional humility that we're supposed to look at our other brothers and sisters. When you're dealing with somebody, you rank them above yourself. Um, so this is a proactive thing. How many, how many of you have ever been employers or had people underneath you? Now, <laughs> it, 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 man, it's something else if you've ever been in a situation where you have people underneath you. They, you know, obviously in an employer-employee relationship, whether they like it or not, they have to submit to you. They can be a good employee. They can be a terrible employee. They can be proactive and be like, turn around and be like, dude, this guy is killing it because he's getting X, Y, and Z done. This, this lady, she sees a problem and she finds a solution. And then you've got a bunch of people over on the corner that just kind of twiddle their thumbs until, and, and, or, or come in and be like, hey, there's a problem over here. There's a problem over here. There, you know, just because you rank, uh, and that's that's the employee-employee relationship that I'm looking at just um, um just as we're looking at a worldly perspective, just because you submit to somebody doesn't mean you sit there and twiddle your thumbs and don't do anything. And I think when we hear submissive in our ear, that's what our brain thinks a lot. But that's not what the word even means. Um, so we need to get that idea out of here. You know, what it does mean very clearly is being like our Savior. Uh, Mark 9.35, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. We see... Jesus says such things all the time through Scripture. Jesus came to serve. Philippians 2.1 Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united Christ, if any comfort in His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That is the opposite. Doing something out of selfish ambition or vain conceit is putting yourself over somebody. We don't do that. Rather, in humility, we value others above ourselves. That is what submission is, valuing somebody else above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, talking about the church, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something uh, uh, to be taken to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So the ultimate picture of submission that we have is, is Christ. Christ and God are equal. We see that throughout Scripture clearly. Yet, Christ submitted to his Father and did some amazing things at the same time. He was equal to... Um, but submissive to at the same time. Now, if we say as believers that we want to be like Jesus, yet we are not willing to submit to one another, then we're just talking because we're not anything like our Father. If, if, I'm not, if I say, I want to be like Jesus, I want to be more like Jesus, but I'm not going to submit to this guy, or I'm not going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out for myself, I'm going to get mine, I'm going to have an awesome ministry, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. 
then that's nothing. Like That doesn't look like Jesus. You are not following your, your master. Being submissive is not a bad thing. Being submissive does not mean you are weak. Would anybody in here say, yeah, Jesus was weak? No. Being submissive does not mean that your actions are inconsequential. Would anybody say Jesus' actions were inconsequential? I don't think anybody here would say that. Uh, would anybody say that being submissive means you have no authority? No, that is not even the picture here. Jesus Did Jesus lack authority? He had authority over evil spirits. He had authority over sickness. He had authority over death. We do not have that authority, but that doesn't mean that if we're submissive that we automatically have no authority here on earth and we sit around twiddling our thumbs again. So I think sometimes we look at the here and now and miss eternity. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? The one who's the least. Who will reign with Christ? We, the believers, the church. Um, so wives, just so you know, in the kingdom of God, you're not, you don't have to, there's no submitting to husbands because in, in the kingdom they will neither be married nor given in marriage. Uh, I have a feeling we will still be submitting to one another anyway, but that's not, that's not a thing in the kingdom of God. Employees in the kingdom of God, you won't be under your boss. Can I hear your name in? <laughs> oh, man. But will we be faithful to submit now to one another in the fear of God, as instructed by our Lord and as shown to us by our Lord? The last shall be first and the first shall be last. You know, but a sinful world really can't understand this. And I don't know that I ex- exactly expect it to, but we live in a, a selfie culture. Man, our culture is all about me. Turn on the TV for five seconds or turn on you know, Facebook for five seconds. We listen to songs like, follow you, your arrow. You know. We look out for number one, do what feels good, it's all about me. Um, just an intellectual illustration from our increasingly secular culture. There's a prominent Canadian atheist named Kai Nielsen. And he was writing about morality and he, he, he said the following. We have not been able to show that reason requires the moral point of view or that a really rational persons unhoodwinked by myth or ideology need not be individual egoists. Now, that was kind of confusing. But what he's saying is, of course I'm selfish. Why would I not be selfish? There is no God. Why would I look out for anybody else except for me? Of course I'm for I don't have to explain that to you. Why would I even want, why do I need to explain why I'm number one, you know? Maybe I'll do something nice for somebody else if it makes me feel good, but I've got no reason to submit to anybody. This world is about me. And that, in, in our own selfishness, in our own flesh, that's, of course, what we think. You know? But sadly, even our Christian culture has become a very selfish culture. You know, we have superstar teachers and superstar musicians, and people are jockeying for position and money. And we have a, a, a sadly, we see a quote-unquote Christian religion that's more and more about me. What can I get? What can I consume? And a whole lot less about how can I be like Christ? And it's a very sad thing. We're called to be different. As we see here uh, in the verses before our text today, we're supposed to be spirit-filled people, and we're supposed to be submissive people, not self-willed. That's what it, We're not about our own agenda. We're about God's agenda. We're not self-glorifying in the way of the world. Uh, we are spirit-filled people, and we are supposed to be submissive people. Now, this humility has got to be a, a work of the Holy Spirit, because I can't, I can't break that. I mean, I can't like just conjure that up. You know, I'm going to be submissive to everybody and do all these amazing things. Now, that's got to be something we are led in by the Spirit. 
Uh, the way of our flesh is selfish and butts against that all the time. But uh, 5.18 is really the key when we're looking at this, spirit, the, about the Spirit-filled life and submission. We, we have to be filled with the Spirit for this, to, for this to work. Okay, so we understand now we're supposed to be filled by the Spirit. We're supposed to submit to one another. What are the outworkings of that? That's what these verses are. So we, he's taught us th- that. How does that. What does that look like in our daily life? So first, uh, Paul writes about the family. And he assumed that most people would fall into these categories as he's writing this. Um, if we remember Genesis 2.8, it's not good for man to be alone. So um, for most of us, men and women, we should be married. I mean, most of us should. Maybe God is calling you to a life of singleness, and that's great if he has. But if not, stay and get married. <laughs> you know, there's no reason not to. It's a, it's a beautiful thing that is instituted by God. You know, and so guys, if there's anybody here that's single, it's just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tying the knot not until I find a Proverbs 31 wife. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. But I'm saying, have you read Proverbs 31? Man, I can't, I can't even compete with that lady. She's more, she's, she's more of a man than I am. Um, and also, in context, that lady probably got, because of the culture, she probably got married at 15 or 16. She probably didn't choose who she got married to. But she was still an amazing woman. And I bet you she wasn't buying and selling property at 16 when she got married. She grew into that person. When you marry somebody, you're not marrying a finished product. If, if you think you're marrying a finished product, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're starting from way behind. <laughs> so guys, stop looking for the Proverbs 31 wife. Find a woman who loves the Lord, and that's the primary thing. And you guys grow together. And that's, that's what you need to do. Ladies. The only perfect man that ever walked the face of this earth has already ascended to the Father. So stop looking for him. It ain't going to happen. I mean, I think I'm a pretty decent guy. I know some guys in here that I would say, yeah, this is a pretty good catch. Ask the wise if they're perfect. No, 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 no. Especially if we go historically, back, the closer to marriage that we get back, man, there's some rough spots. But the Lord can work. But that's part of the marriage experience. These two people that love the Lord Submit to the Lord and submit to, the, to, get to each other. Grow and become the people that God wants them to be. And, the law, and in our culture, people are putting off marriage longer and longer. And um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's necessarily uh, like a sinful thing to do, but man, it gives a whole lot more opportunities for sin. If you're a man like me and you're hardwired to be married, because I definitely am, being single till your mid-30s is just a recipe for a lot of sinfulness, to be honest, you know. And I don't think that's what, when the Lord says it's not good for man to be alone, a lot of us are saying, but, but I want to be anyway. I mean, it's not good for the most part for that to be the case. So don't buck against what God has made you to be. That's my little rant for the day. Um, so let's actually get into our text now as we're, as we're getting into verse 22. Oh man, this is going to be a long sermon. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. We'll get moving. Okay. So that takes us now to verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So we've already established mutual submission of all believers, um, submitting to one another. But now in this verse 22, it doesn't actually have the word submit. It's Because before it says submitting to one another, and verse 22 starts in the Greek with wives to your own husbands as, in the, as to the Lord. Um, now, there's another verse in Colossians in 3.18 where the word is actually in there. That's a kind of a parallel verse. But the main point is, submit to one another. Wives, your husbands. And it goes you know, to how everybody else submits down the line. 
It does not say obey your husbands. That is a different word in the Greek. Submit and obey are not the same word. It doesn't say, wives, do what your husband says all of the time. That's not what the word is. Again, we talked about what submission is, is to rank somebody ahead of you. It's not the same thing as obeying what they command you to do. Um, This is key for us to understand. There's no spiritual inferiority between men and women. Galatians 3.28 clearly states there's neither male nor female. What we're talking about here is divinely established categories of responsibility when we get into the next verse. Um, When we're talking about headship. We'll get there in just a second. But verse 22, it says, submit to your own husbands. Notice, first of all, it says your own husband. It doesn't say wives. Submit to all of the husbands. (laughs) This is not, that, is not the, that is not what's in view here. This is submit to your own has, husbands. And it says, as to the Lord. What does that mean? You know, it is not saying that your husband is now a god. You don't worship your husband. That would be idolatry. That would be a capital offense under the Old Testament. No, it is saying that out of your reverence and submission to God, that's why you submit to your husbands. Now, that's what all of our submission comes out of. And if you remember the other verses that we read about, when there's talking about submitting to elders, when uh, talking about submitting to leaders and authorities, it says as to God. Out of our submission to God, out of my submission to God, I'm going to submit to you because I revere and fear God. That's why I'm going to submit to you. And that's what it's instructing here for the, for the ladies. Um, to, that's why they should uh, be, uh, that's how they should submit to their husbands. So we have a couple of responses women could have to this. Um, one, okay, I'll submit to my husband and I'll do nothing. You know, like, and I don't think that's what God has in mind here. Now that you're a wife, you do nothing. You spiritually twiddle your thumbs and, um, and do nothing. That's not what is in, in, in view here. In Scripture, women are commend, com, uh, commended all the time, but for their faith and for their actions, not for being quiet and doing nothing. There, nobody's ever, there's no verse praising a woman that sat there and did nothing, you know. Um, I mean, for example, let's talk about uh, Priscilla and Aquila just comes to mind. Uh, Priscilla was obviously more talented than Aquila. She's always listed before him in Scripture. Um, also, I think a lot of the ministry that happened was probably through her. And yet she submitted to her husband. They worked together. But it doesn't mean that she just did nothing or didn't have any talent. She was obviously, she was probably more talented than her husband, but still was faithful to the Lord and faithful to her husband and submissive in that way. You know, so we can have the, we can have the, I'm just not, now I'm not going to do anything and twiddle my thumbs. Or we can just disregard the text and say, you know what? I'll submit to other people on the list. I guess I'll submit to my employer. Obviously, I'm going to submit to my God. I'm not submitting to that bozo. You know, you can have that, uh, you know, you could have that. uh, I mean, he's not better than me. There's no way I'm going to look at him and say that somehow he's above me. I'm not going to do it with other believers either. No, no. Well, if you have that idea, you don't have the idea that Christ had when he came to serve. Or you could choose to respect, love, and support your husband and submit to him in a loving relationship out of your respect and service to the Lord as well. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, uh, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, so we were talking about submission, and now we have this word head. So, Somehow a husband is a head on a wife. What kind of sense does that make? Because it's not talking about merely submission now. This is the reason for the submission in this case. And headship doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense in our context. We don't, we don't say, hey, this is the head of that very often. Um, and 
so we've already established kind of what submission is here, but looking at headship, the Greek word for head is kephale. It is used in Scripture a lot of times to talk about quite literally somebody's head. But also it's used in the terms of relationship quite a bit in Scripture. Anytime in Scripture it's used in terms of relationship, it talks about authority. 1 Corinthians 11.3, For the head of Christ is God. And it talks, there's a number of different verses of, of talking about that in the sense of authority. So again, we're not talking about equality because God, we've established multiple times, is, uh, it is fundamental to Christianity that God and, and, and the, the Father and the Son are equal, yet one has authority over another in this perfect forever relationship that they've had. So we're talking about, again, a divinely ordered responsibility. How is that fair? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not. But we, we don't get to choose how we're born. We don't choose our authority structure. That was created by God. Um, so we could say a couple of different things. You know? Um, you know, many would say, you know, we demand complete gender equality in the church and in the family. Well, we already have that. I mean, Scripture clearly states that. There is neither male nor, nor female. One is not above the other. Value is the same. We're talking only about responsibility. But um, also, would, would anybody ever say, we demand complete equality in the Godhead? God is not fair because one is submissive to the other. I don't think anybody's going to stand up and say that. Now, I'm not going to follow Jesus if he's not going to be equal with God. Would anybody say that? We're going to go there? I'm, I, I don't think so. And I think that's what is being, being said here as Christ is the head of the church. And the Savior of the body, which is a beautiful thing. We love Christ because he was uh, submissive to the Father. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing. We want to be like Christ. Uh, you know, this is difficult. I'm not going to say this isn't difficult. And maybe this is especially difficult to you. Maybe you're one that will say, you know, I'll submit to God. I'll submit to my boss. I'll submit to somebody else. But I'm not going to count others as more important than me. I know more of Scripture than my elders do. I am way more talented than my husband is. You know what? You might be very well right. I know that there's some ladies that have a lot more talent than Chet and I combined. And, um, but you know what? You know what that is? That's pride. That's what that is. You know? That's what the Pharisees were guilty of. That's the attitude the disciples had when they said, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? That's the same thought process that was going through their mind when they said that. Um, we, we, we can't give in to that. And who did Christ say would be the greatest in the kingdom? When we're talking about what we're aiming for, who's going to be the greatest? The servant of all. Who is the greatest servant of all? Jesus is the greatest servant of all. So if you're willing to submit, you are being a lot more like Jesus. That's hard to take, um, I know, but it, it's true. The kingdom of God is not a meritocracy. It's not. Um, you don't get ahead by being smarter. You don't get ahead by being stronger. Um, you get ahead, and I say ahead, only in the grace of God by serving. So maybe if this is you, maybe if this is um, something where you know, you know that you have an issue with this and the pri- your pride might be getting in the way, you know, don't be the, the woman that your pride wants you to be. Be the woman God made you to be. He's designed you with a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Don't let your pride get in the way of what God wants to do in you. Maybe it's something you couldn't even imagine, but because of your pride in certain areas, 
might be limiting what he can do in you um, because of pride. Don't, don't fall into that trap. You know, and, and this is difficult, and I don't expect the world to understand this. They shouldn't unless they're li- you know, only people that are lived by the Spirit can, can, can really grasp this. Um, but we need to live lives of love and submission in such a way that when people that are outside of, of the church, outside of the truth, see us, they can see that there's a difference. Um, you know, this, unfortunately, this, the world has gotten to the place where it's fine with divorce. It's fine with broken homes. It's fine with twisted definitions of what family is supposed to be. You know, of course the world is fine with these things. Um, and, but we're called to be something different. That's not what we're called to. Verse 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Again, this is their own husbands in this unique relationship. And it's interesting that they put these two things together. As the church submits to Christ, wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Would anybody say, well, the church doesn't really have, shouldn't really submit to Christ? Well, nobody would say that. Uh, everyone would say yes, but not everybody would necessarily agree with the other statement. What if my husband is a complete idiot? Am I exempt then if my husband's an idiot? There's a good statistical chance that your husband at some point has been an idiot. Um, there is a better than 50% chance that you are probably more talented than your husband in many ways. That doesn't matter. That's not what God has called us to. Uh, what if my husband is not a believer? You know, 1 Peter 3 says the same thing, that we should win our husbands by acting submissive in accordance with God. Again, not twiddling our thumbs and doing nothing, but showing love that Christ has shown to his church. What about abuse? And that's, that's difficult. You know, all the examples here are to Christ and the church. Christ is not abusive to his church. You know, that's not, there's no place for that in marriage. So this is not saying, you know, I put my husband above me and anything he does, I just go, I go along with. No, you know, if, if, you, if we, would, we would easily say that I will submit to my employer. If my employer tells me to do something wrong, I'm not going to do it because I submit to God first. You know, if, uh, if I say that I'll submit to those in authority as instructed by God, if my, if my a government does something that is wrong, I'm not going along with it because I submit to Christ first and I obey Christ. Uh, if your husband is out of line, that does not make it okay at all and doesn't mean that you need to stand around and take it. And those situations are so horrible and terrible and have torn so many families apart. That is not at all what is even in view in the Scripture. So put that, put that far out of your minds. But uh, to continue on the subject of being filled with the Spirit and submitting to one another, you know, what does that look like for husbands now? We go into verse 25. Time for the husbands. You guys ready? Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now this is husbands... Love your own wives. This isn't husbands love all the wives. No. No. So just as nobody, you know, somebody, somebody, it's kind of funny that some people are like, well, on the women's side, it's like, do I have to submit to all guys? Nobody ever says, so I'm a husband. Do I have to just love and cherish and nourish all women? No, nobody ever has ever asked that. This is talking about inside of this special relationship. You know, I, I find that amusing. But husbands, love your, own, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her and cleanse her 
with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Husbands, love your wives. Mm-hmm. That's an easy thing to say. We all say, I love you, all the time, and completely miss the meaning of that. What is our, 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 uh, our standard for love is Christ to the church? Wow. You know, I, I can pretty sure that not a single guy in this room has ever tapped that bar and said, I met that one today. Um, so that gives us a high bar to shoot for. Christ provides for, protects his church. Um, he's not the head of the church in a dictatorial or domineering sense. We're not the head of the wife in a dictatorial, domineering sense. We're prote- protector. And it even says the Savior. Christ is our, as the church, Christ is our rescuer. Husbands, you should, in some sense, be your wife's knight in shining armor, in a sense. In some sense. Um, Jesus is the Savior of his church because he sacrificed himself for her. We should be willing to make any sacrifice for the well-being and spiritual nourishment of our wives, husbands. The instruction is not to rule over, command, subjugate. You know, the command is to love. And also, our wives are also believers. We're supposed to submit to, everybody submitting to everybody. We are also to submit to our wives as well. But we should love our wives with an undying love. And we kick around the word love so much and completely miss Christ's love for the church and what it means. And that's the type of love that we should shoot for for our wives. An undying love. How do, you, how do we even describe Christ's love for the church? Thankfully, we got a verse for that. Romans 8.38 I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, we're going to fall short of that. But guys, that should be what we shoot for when we love our wives. That should be what we shoot for, an undying love. That's the target. Everyone should clearly see in the world, if they see a Christian couple, they should be like, man, that dude's nuts about her. And that should just be standard. That should be standard. Um, our, our love for our wives should be, it shouldn't look like the world. If we're, if we're loving our wives the way that everybody in the lo- world loves their wives, then we've totally missed something. Love, the Lord is very intentional in His lo- love towards the church. We should be very intentional in our love for our wives. Also, this is what women should look for when they're looking for a man, a humble and selfless man, um, someone who's not preoccupied with his own agenda all the time. Um, a man who lives by the Spirit and is submissive. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love, again, their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, for the, uh, for, uh, just as the Lord does the church again. Um, so, guys, when you're hungry, you snack, right? When you're, uh, when, you know, we always care for our own bodies. I, I need something. I'm going to do something, right? Um, but how often do we neglect what our wife needs? Don't even bother to think about what our wife needs. We need to treasure our wives and care for them. You know, our wife is not just a, our, our God-given dishwasher. or She's not our, your slave, husbands. 
She's not like merely a sex object. If you take that view, you're not nurturing, you're not cherishing your wife, you're not submitting to your wife, you are not obeying the clear instruction of Christ, you are walking in sin. Um, plain and simple. And you're probably destroying your family, and the Lord will hold you accountable for that. What does it mean by nourish and cherish? Again, your own wife. You're not nourishing and cherishing somebody else's wife. Um, It means providing a climate for growth and development. Yeah, obviously there's a physical nourishment. You're providing for your family, but also you have a spiritual obligation to uh, provide that type of nourishment for your family, and we'll see later for your children as well. Um, 1 Peter 3, 7 uh, warns against men that don't deal rightly with their wives that... Their prayers will be hindered. We don't want to fall into that. As husbands, we should always be asking ourselves, how can I give my wife what she needs today? How can I meet the spiritual needs of my wife today? How can I make my marriage a safe place of rest and joy for her? You know, Sometimes I think husbands are good at maybe providing for physical needs and thinking that they've accomplished something. I now have a paycheck. You now have food on the table. We are square. Job done. You know, no, 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 not not by any, by, not by any stretch. I mean, that is true. First uh, Timothy five eight says if somebody does not provide for his own household, he is worse than an unbeliever. But we are to meet more than physical needs. We are we have a spiritual responsibility for our our family, especially for our wives. Um, not in the place of God. But this is a, a, a spiritual authority that God has given you, and He's going to hold you accountable for it. He's going to hold me accountable for it. Okay. Well, maybe you'll say, um, when I got married, I didn't know I'd be required to be some sort of spiritual leader. You know, my wife's way better than that, at me than that. And I, and I wasn't asking for this authority. I just want to have a family and live. Tough. Man up. That's, that's, I mean, you are going to be held accountable for it one way or another. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be Superman. It doesn't mean that you have to be uh, some uh, spiritual superhero. It means you have to be faithful. You have to, uh, you have to use your will to do these things. You have to walk closely to the Lord. If you're walking closely with, to the Lord, then your family is going to be walking in the right direction. Um, so, men, are you going to be a perfect leader like Christ? Nope. 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 Am I always successful in nourishing and cherishing Tara? Go ahead and ask her. <laughs> Go ahead and ask her. Um, you know, but I should all. But we as men should always desire to humbly submit to our wives and to submit to their joy and to submit to their fulfillment. You know, we should love as Christ loves. Man, that's that's one thing to say. You know, here in church, but man, that's a. That's a tall order when you get out the door, when you come home from work, um, when, you, when there's something that you disagree on. Those are, man, it's, it's difficult. So, so, guys, let's seek the Lord on that this week and, and, and how we are to walk in that. Verse 30, for we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. Again, we are equal. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, Paul quotes Genesis 2.24 here that the two shall become one flesh. You know, there, there is a sense in which the, the, the individual identity is a bit blurred. You know, these two become one, which is an, ama- which is an amazing thing. That's one reason why God hates divorce. You know, there, there, are, there are grounds, right grounds for divorce, but God still hates it. You know, it shatters this institution that God has ordained. What God... In, Intended 
was a perfect relationship of mutual submission and love and people having their needs met and also giving and submitting to each other um, in perpetual novelty in that sense. And uh, we, in our sinfulness, often mess that up. We all, well, at some point we always do. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So yes, this is also a new revelation. This is true of a man and a woman, but this is also true of Christ and the church, and that is the mystery. Verse 33, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So that, the 33 is kind of a short summary. It's pretty simple. You know, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And it's not exactly brain surgery. I mean, that's, that's fairly simple, right? It's harder to live out. Um, but there should be joy and mutual benefit in this relationship. Man, if we live that out perfectly all the time, wow, you know, how awesome would life be? But um, we often will fall short, but let's strive for this. If we were sinless versions of ourselves, <laughs> this wouldn't even be an issue. These things that may be kick against what we want. I don't want that authority. You know, I don't want to have submit or I don't want to be in charge. I don't, you know, forget all this. I just want to be me. I don't want to have to deal with, you know, all this. Let me just be me. We don't have that, we don't have that luxury. You know, Christ has called us. We're part of something bigger than us. We're part of the church. We're part of families. And we need to live and, and submit as God would, uh, as Christ would. But if we were, again, if we were sinless versions of ourselves, this would be easy. Um, but let's strive for, to do what we've been called to. Chapter 6. All right, let's get out of that section. Chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And every parent in the room said, Amen. Right? Uh, so, as we see, as, again, this is also taken into the context of Christians submitting to one another. What does that mean if you're a wife? You submit to your husband. What does that mean if you're a husband? You don't not only submit, but you love and you give yourself wholly for your wife. What does that mean for a child? That means that you submit to your parents. Um, and we'll continue next week with, uh, with uh, other sections as well. Verse 2, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that, may be, uh, that, you, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. He's quoting the Old Testament scripture here. You know, some of us are getting older now. We have our own kids, but uh, we are still to honor our parents. Um, this is part of how uh, we submit to one another as we are led by the Holy Spirit. And verse 4, and you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, we have the ultimate responsibility before God um, for the spiritual leadership of our children, like it or not. You know, but I don't want to be responsible for that. You know, my life is way better at that than that. That's tough. God is going to hold you responsible. So, um, again, walk in that. Fathers are also to submit to the physical and spiritual needs of their children just as their wife. They should provide for them physically and spiritually. Um, my spare time, you know, people like their spare time. All right, I work. I've got X, Y, and Z going on. I do this, that, and the other in church. Man, just give me some spare time to do something. Your time is not your own if you're, if, if you're a believer. Your time is the Lord's. You can't, your life can't be about your own personal agenda um, you, you have a responsibility before God for your children, and you should do this willingly and lovingly. I should do that willingly and lovingly. Um, you know, as we re- reflect on these things, you know, I ask myself, uh, where do we look in the world for godly pictures of marriage and family? You know, our, the world, our culture specifically, man, has been really ravaged by 
the sexual revolution, gender revolution. There's a lot of entailments portrayed because of things that we see in the media. You know, anything goes, but this type of unit that God designed um, is almost not even. It's not cool. I'll say that. Oh, that's kind of boring. <laughs> it's not cool. Um, I don't know. I, I was just talking about this morning. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but to, um, and I, this for the second time in not that many years. Um, somebody that Tara and I used to know, or Tara knew better than I did, um, has been married for many, many, many years, got kids, decided recently to leave his wife and kids to, enjoy, to engage in other sexual desires. And, um, and Facebook is covered with, congratulations, you found yourself. You, you know, and it's all congratulations. You know, nobody's, nobody mourns for the wife. Everybody mourns for the kid because it's about me. I found what makes me happy, and everybody's like, "Well, you do what makes you happy." You know, nobody, nobody really gets the entailments of what that does to people, what the, how that tears people apart on the inside. And um, that's that's how the world operates. That's not how we should operate. You know, well, maybe there is, maybe you stop, and maybe there is something that physically out there. If I could attain that, man, that would feel real good. Well, that's tough. <laughs> you know, our life isn't about. About you know meeting your whatever desires, we're we're to follow Christ and we're to submit to one another. We're not in this to make ourselves happy, in the sense of you know feeding our fleshly desires by any stretch for crying out loud. But that's the way of the world. But let's walk close to Christ and and and, and love one another. Everybody wants to be loved, right? Our hearts long for this. That, Turn on the radio. There's 10 million love songs. Everybody has that deep desire to be loved and to be fulfilled and to have that form of, some form of real intimacy. That's something that's deep inside just the human spirit. And God has given us a mechanism for that to be fulfilled, even here on earth, um, it'll, as it will be filled, fulfilled perfectly in heaven. We even have a mechanism for it to be filled on earth here, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, and we should walk humbly and submit as God desires us to. So what do we do with all this? Well, one, let's walk according to the Spirit. You know, if we walk in the if we walk in the flesh, we're going to shoot this all apart before we even try to follow what the Lord has has taught us to do. But for those of us that want to follow Christ, number one, walk in the Spirit. As we're walking in the Spirit, let's submit to one another. That's all of us. Let's submit to one another as God intended. I mean, so that we, we've read what that means for wives. We've, we've talked about what that means for husbands. We've talked about what that means for children. Um, for those that are leaders, you know, you might be a leader at work. You might be a leader in the church. You might be a leader in your family. You might be a leader later in your life. Um, for those of us that are responsible to lead, we need to always lead with an attitude of submission. That's how Christ always led. Um, we always need to be looking for the good of others. So if you find yourself in a leadership role... Lead, but with an attitude of submission. Amen. And how's how's all this possible? How, it seems a little ridiculous, almost. We're all supposed to submit to each other, and somehow this is going to work out, and things are going to keep moving forward. It only works if we're following the Lord. That's the only way it works. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your instruction. We thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that, that Lord, that the, you, the Father, and the Son are in perfect harmony, even though the Son submits to you and was willing to come down and bear our sins. 
Lord, we want to be like Jesus. We want to look to the good of others. We don't want to be selfish, but I know all of us are. I know I am. Uh, I know that my flesh is very selfish. My flesh wants what feels good. My flesh wants to um, make myself happy. Um, But Lord, I pray that we would each walk in the Holy Spirit, that we would look to the good of others, that we would not just look to our own good. I pray that we would be the people that you would have us to be. For those in here that are single, we would be the single people that you would have us to be. For those of us that are wives, that we would be the wives that you would have us be. For those of us that are husbands, Lord, that we would take a good long look at what you would have us be and that we would live up to that. For, for parents, for fathers, Lord, that we would look to our children in a healthy way and not in the way that we think or that the world says that we should deal with our kids. Help us to submit one another to one another. And most of all, Lord, help us to submit to you in everything. Pray that you would lead us and guide us and have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name.